Welcome to The Greek Current, a podcast by Halk and Kathy Merini. I'm your host, Thanos Davelis. Days after Storm Daniel passed through Greece, Thessaly, Greece's agricultural heartland, is still underwater, with locals describing apocalyptic scenes. With the plane accounting for 25% of Greece's agricultural production, the threat of shortages and price hikes now looms large. On top of that, with the water still high, there are now warnings that this could turn into a major health hazard. In the midst of this catastrophe, Greece has announced emergency relief measures and is turning to its EU partners for aid. Nekdaria Stamouli, Politico's Eastern Mediterranean correspondent, based in Athens, joins me to assess the scope of the damage in Thessaly following Storm Daniel and look at the questions this latest crisis raises about the challenges that lie ahead for Greece. Nekdaria, great to have you back on The Greek Current. Great to be back. Nekdaria, is this the worst flood, as Prime Minister Mitsotakis put it this week, in Greece's history? Indeed, the Greek Prime Minister called Storm Daniel the worst flood in our history and probably one of the most powerful storms to ever hit Europe. Earlier this week when he was in Strasbourg and he met with the European leadership. The violent storm brought record rainfall last week and the Thessaly Plain, which is home to a quarter of the country's agricultural production, is basically a vast lake. Meteorologists said that it was the worst flood to hit the country since records began in the 1930s, and the region saw more than a year's worth of rainfall in just 48 hours. And this, combined with the geographic characteristics of the area of the plain, and the flood control projects and networks which were built uh, wherever they were built without taking into account the effects of the climate crisis, they led to this. According to Copernicus, the EU's monitoring service, the area that is flooded is nearly as large as New York City. Last week, Nectaria, the scope of the damage was unclear, as the focus was primarily on rescuing people. You gave us a glimpse at what is going on in Thessaly, but what does the day after look like for the region, which, as you said, accounts for 25% of Greece's agricultural production? You know, is there a way for Greece's breadbasket to bounce back? It is still unclear how much damage had been done last week. Uh, we know that 16 people lost their lives. We know that tens of thousands of animals have been lost. Dozens of villages that are affected are still underwater. The national road is closed. The railway network is damaged along 50 kilometers. The residents of Volos and other cities have no clean water and they won't probably have clean water for two more weeks. Many farmers and breeders, they still cannot access their land, even with tractors, to check the damage or to collect the dead animals. Most of the agricultural production for this year has been lost, and experts warn that the mud settling across the fields means that the soil quality would be affected and it will take years before it becomes fertile again. We don't know when, because experts from the agriculture ministry will be dispatched to the area, but... This will happen when the water finally drops and they will take soil samples from the flooded fields and measure the fertility. The governor in Thessaly said the damage is estimated at 2 billion euros. Other local authorities say it will be a lot more. And local farmers and their families fear for the future. Thessaly, the region, already has the EU's second highest rate of youth unemployment. It is nearly 40%. And it's also very worrying, apart from Thessaly, obviously, for the rest of the country, because, as you said, Thessaly is Greece's breadbasket, and the threat of shortages and price hikes, even more, uh, looms large. 
And just to give an idea of what is produced there, we have about a quarter of Greece's wheat and barley, more than 30% of its cotton, a third of lentils and chickpeas, half of the industrial tomato production. And the region is home to livestock farmers and some 70% of the country's pork is produced there, a third of lamb and more than a fifth of sheep's milk. As some locals were telling me, we're going to pay for lamb or for products at the same prices as countries, you know, in Belgium or in Sweden pay this winter. Aside from the lost harvests, Nectaria, there are also serious warnings now about health hazards. Having survived the floods, what are Thessaly's residents up against now? Unfortunately, diagnosis of gastroenteritis and the respiratory infections rose. We have some data on Wednesday that were alarming in Thessaly. And it makes sense because locals describe apocalyptic scenes. There are dead animals, dead fish everywhere in muddy waters. Everything stinks. Apart from the animals, oil has spilled from the tanks of the houses. So has garbage from the landfills and pesticides from the warehouses. The health ministry had warned the public of health hazards, the threat of infections, and it had also warned the public not to drink anything apart from bottled water. This, Nectaria, has been the worst crisis that the Mitsotakis government has had to face since it was elected, shining a light on many deep-rooted issues in Greece. Aside from the latest relief measures announced, is this also sparking a broader discussion on the need for reform? Well, one can only hope for that. Uh, since uh, getting re-elected in June, the government indeed has faced a number of crises. We had the wildfires and the devastating floods, and this has forced the administration to be on the defensive and has underlined the weaknesses of the state to respond. And this forcing a discussion about the state efficiency and how it can respond to climate crisis and what needs to change. But Unfortunately, I've been covering Greece for many years, and this is a discussion that has been done several times. After the wildfires in 2007, after Mati, which was the deadliest fire on record, the fires in Evia, the deadly fire flood in Mandra. We talk about the block streams and buildings that illegally exist in the streams every time there is a flood. And yet eventually this passes and nothing happens. Uh, Or we explain how the firefighting mechanism is not working and how Greece needs finally to focus on prevention rather than suppression. And nothing happens. We have the same discussion the next summer. But the fact is that indeed the climate crisis is here and the incidents are so big and unprecedented and get more frequent every, every year. So I guess it will spark broader discussion and the need for reforms. Prime Minister Mitsotakis met with Europe's leadership on Tuesday to request further assistance in the face of this disaster. Is the EU ready to weigh into the Greek recovery effort? Well, so and so, I would say. European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen said that Greece should not be alone in dealing with the situation that should be addressed by Europe as a whole. But the reality is that we haven't seen much in terms of fresh funding to deal with the floods. What has been decided is that Greece will be able to access some 2.25 billion euros from several sources of EU funding already allocated for the country, which are either unspent or front-loaded cohesion money. The Greek Prime Minister said that. He basically said that the bloc needs to step up emergency disaster funding via the Block Solidarity Fund. And he said that he will make it his personal mission to convince his fellow EU leaders of the necessity for more money. 
And he underlined that it's very clear that the old rules of the game no longer apply to what we're experiencing. Given what experts have told you, Nectaria, that such extreme weather events like Storm Daniel or the heat waves and wildfires we've seen this summer are likely to become more frequent, is it clear that we'll need to see much more concerted effort at the EU level and beyond in the coming years? Yes, I mean, it's obvious the scientists have been warning that such extreme weather events will become more frequent and it's happening. What we have seen in Greece, we have seen it in other countries during the summer. And the European Commission warns that the EU urgently needs more funding to respond to climate change fuel crisis. I mean, it had the emergency aid reserve, which was exhausted in both 2021 and 2022. And the same thing obviously will happen this year and as natural disasters even increased in 2023. So the Commission wants to add an extra 2.5 billion to the reserve for the coming years on top of the 1.2 billion that are spent. But EU countries and lawmakers need to negotiate and approve the extra cash. And unfortunately, what we see up to now at least is that there is reluctance among governments to chip in more, more money. Nectaria, it's great speaking with you as always. Thanks again for joining. Thank you very much for having me. In other news, search teams combed streets, wrecked buildings, and even the sea Wednesday to look for bodies in Derna, a coastal Libyan city where the collapse of two dams unleashed a massive flash flood that killed at least 5,100 people. The UN has said Libya is experiencing a calamity of epic proportions after Storm Daniel caused deadly flooding in many towns of eastern Libya. More than 6,000 are feared dead in the aftermath and as many as 10,000 people are missing according to Libyan and Egyptian officials, while Derna's mayor said the estimated number of deaths in the city could reach between 18,000 to 20,000 based on the number of districts destroyed by the flood. Finally, the EU's chief executive said Wednesday that our services will launch a major series of policy reviews to ensure that the EU can still function properly as it invites in new members in coming years. European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen said that the EU must prepare to grow to more than 30 members. Ukraine, Moldova, and countries in the Western Balkans are among those in line. While the bloc finds it difficult to make some decisions, particularly those requiring unanimous agreement, pressure is mounting for it to expand. On Monday, the presidents of Serbia, Kosovo, Bosnia, Montenegro, North Macedonia, and Albania also said that enlargement should happen no later than 2030. That wraps up today's episode of The Greek Current. Thanks for tuning in.